Hello and welcome to the Series Learns podcast hosted by Series Unified School District Superintendent Dr. Scott Siegel. This monthly Q&A addresses topics related to education and their impact on Series students, families, and staff. To ask a question for a future episode, email communications at series.k12.ca.us. Now your host, Dr. Scott Siegel. Hello and welcome to Episode 3 of Series Learns. A lot has happened in the months since our last episode on grading. During the first week of November, we welcomed our preschool through second graders back for in-person instruction on a hybrid schedule. And last week, we were excited to see third through sixth graders back in the classrooms. Many of you are probably wondering, what about secondary students? And that's what I want to talk about today with my guest, Assistant Superintendent of Business Services, Dan Pangrazio, and Director of Secondary Education, Paul Rudishauser. Hello, everyone. This is Dan Pangrazio, Assistant Superintendent of Business Services for Series Unified. And I'm happy to be talking to you today about how we're preparing to have a safe opening for our secondary schools. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Rudishauser, Director of Secondary Education. So, Dan, Paul, tell me about the basic outline of how the secondary schedules will work when we come back. Well, that's a great question. Just like we are doing for the elementary schools, we're going to have students in cohorts, A and B cohorts. So A students would come to school on Monday and Thursday, and B students would come to school on Tuesday and Friday. Wednesday will be a distance learning day for everyone. School will start right about the normal start time that we would have in a non-COVID school year, and school will end right before lunch. So students will be dismissed, pick up their lunch, and go home. Every day they're at school, students will go to about half of their classes before they're dismissed, and then they will still have work to do at home on the days when they're not at school. So if a student is at school on Monday and Thursday, They'll go to half of their classes on Monday, half of their classes on Thursday, and have homework to do at home on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So essentially, we'll have half of the students on campus for half their schedules ending by lunchtime. Dan, maybe you could talk to us about why having half of the students on campus at any one time for only half of their schedules and then leaving prior to lunch are all part of the safety protocols and what other safety protocols we're taking. Yeah, absolutely, Dr. Siegel. Per the directions of public health, it's very important for secondary schools and elementary schools to have a limited number of students on campus at any time so that we can maintain the social distancing and have all the safety protocols in place. That's happening at elementary now. And for secondary schools, it's a little more challenging because you have more students who are taking multiple classes. So we only have classes in the morning to reduce the amount of time students are in school. And then also we have only half the students in class at any given time as a maximum. So they're able to space in class, which is very important. And then we have safety protocols in place. One of the critical pieces is cleaning between class periods because you'll have different students coming in into that classroom for the next period. So we have a plan in place for that where we're going to be sanitizing each and every single desk. And then there's an extended passing period so that can do its work and that everything is sanitized for the next students to come in. Also, it was very important for public health for schools to limit the social mixing that happened outside of the classroom. And so lunchtime would be a time where it would be virtually impossible for secondary schools to keep students from socially mixing beyond the class periods that they're going to be in for academic instruction. 
So we're going to be having food service carts stationed and spread out around each secondary campus so that students after their last period can go and they can stand socially distanced in line at a variety of different carts and they can get their bagged lunch. There'll also be another meal in there as well, a breakfast meal that they can then take with them and then they can walk home or they can use the the buses and, and be transported home on the buses. And the buses will be obviously cleaned regularly and sanitized so that they're safe as well. And students will be social distancing on the buses and sitting with siblings if that can be the case as well. I would just add also that in order to do the cleaning and sanitizing necessary across every school, we've hired two extra custodians for the secondary schools in order to clean and sanitize throughout the day, especially key areas like the bathrooms and high-touch surfaces. And then lastly, we have worked hard as a district to ensure using the federal funds afforded from the, from the federal government to have an inventory of all of the PPE masks in particular that are required and all the cleaning supplies necessary to be able to put the safety protocols in place. So there's been a lot of work put into the plan and it follows the guidelines and we are ready. Dan, you mentioned a lot of safety measures and protocols If our parents want to find that in writing, is there a place they can go so they can review them at their leisure? Yes, Dr. Siegel, it is a a lot of information. There's a lot that's gone into the plan. So if you go to the Series Unified website and search for the hybrid learning page, you will be able to go and look at all of the protocols in detail. So it sounds like public health's main goal is to prevent mixing to the degree possible while still allowing the schools to function to some extent. And in secondary schools, that's difficult where you have students attending multiple periods. So by having the students attend half of their classes on one day of the week, then have a number of days in between the next time they come back to attend the other half, they've found a way to limit the amount of contact tracing that would need to occur if a student ends up being positive for COVID-19 and had been on campus. With all those changes to our scheduling and, and the way the school is run, Paul, how do you see that impacting instruction? Again, another great question. So because students are only going to half of their classes in a school day and they'll be on campus for about four hours, just over four hours each day, classes will be longer than students are used to. At the high school level, classes are going to be 74 minutes long. And at the junior high level, classes will be 53 minutes long. So students in class should expect to be doing multiple different activities in a class period. Teachers will be trying to teach at least one or two traditional lessons in that time frame so that students can get that essential learning they need in person on days that they're on campus. We're really going to make the most of that on-campus learning time so that students can really learn at a depth the most important learnings of their course. At the same time, we're not forgetting the students who are at home on any given day. Students who are at home will have a daily live check-in with their teacher. Most days will be about 12.30 in the afternoon. They'll check in with their first period teacher just to make sure they're keeping up on their learning and doing the things they need to do. So gentlemen, the question that comes next is, when is this going to happen? Now, we know that secondary schools cannot open while the county is in the purple tier. And at the time of this recording, the county was in the purple tier. So when does it look like we'll be able to reopen our secondary schools? 
Yes, Dr. Siegel. So the way it's going to work is that it takes two weeks of low enough case numbers in the county for the district to be able to go back into a red tier and for the county as a whole to go back into a red tier. At that point, it takes two more weeks uh, to be able to officially open up. So it does take approximately a month in terms of a process of being able to officially open. But we are ready to do it. Our plans are all in place. And so once we're able to do it, we are we're anxious and prepared for students to come back to school. And what do parents need to know as far as sending their students to school once we do reopen? The most important responsibility for families is to do a health prescreen every day before your child or your children go to school. It's an essential part of the process of being able to keep all of our students in our schools safe so that we can stay open. You can go to the website and to look at our checklist for the prescreen, but essentially you're looking for symptoms in your child whether it be a fever, cough, aches and pains, any of those core symptoms, and the child is sick, it's very important that they stay home. And obviously that can be a difficult decision to make, but it's a very important one right now. And it's important that we all think about it as a way of being able to keep our schools open. And if you're looking for further information, as I said, please go to the Series Unified website to look at specific information. And there's also uh, infographics that show how to do the pre-screen and what symptoms to look for. So from all available information, we will not be reopening until after the new year, sometime in the second semester. Dan, what can families look forward to hearing about as we get closer to that reopening date? So as we've been doing as a district, we're going to be sending out information that you need to know. You're going to get information about where we are in the process of going back into red and being able to open up schools. And then there'll obviously be a very important announcement announcing when that date will actually be when we can open schools. And you'll also receive final confirmation of the in-person days, the days that your child or children will go to school. And we've set that up so that it's the same days as their siblings. So your whole family, all of your children are going to school on the same days. If you have an only child with no siblings, then we're also going to be confirming what day your child is going to be going to school. And you'll get that confirmation well before the actual first start day of school. So look for the information from the district, and we'll be making sure to keep you well informed. So, Paul, I know that secondary classes are complex in terms of once a student starts, you really want to stay in the class until credits are earned, and moving can cause disruptions with that. I know that we have a distance learning option for parents who think their students should not be attending school in person right now. How will that work given that issue around students completing courses? Right. So we do have an option for families who uh, would prefer not to send their students back for live instruction at this time. That option is called Edgenuity. And Edgenuity is an online program that we use already in the district in multiple ways. Edgenuity has a vast majority of our courses offered through online self-paced instruction. This month and in early December, you'll start hearing information about this and have the opportunity to sign up for Edgenuity courses. Now, those courses would start in January. The idea is that we want to start students in those courses at the beginning of a grading period. So students would finish earning their credits for this grading period before Christmas, and then in the new year, start a new grading period on Edgenuity. 
The idea is that you cannot transfer once that grading period starts, at least into Edgenuity. We want students to be able to start there so they have the opportunity to earn their full credits. Edgenuity is a fantastic program. It's easy to use. There will be district teachers and administrators monitoring student progress. So your students will still have someone they report into and that can answer questions and help motivate them. Edgenuity, as I said, offers just about every course that we offer, but there are some exceptions in some of our highly specialized courses that a program like Edgenuity or any other online program just can't anticipate every course that a high school offers. So if your student is enrolled in some highly specialized courses, there may be some choices that need to be made, and we may need to change their schedule to enroll them in a different elective. But we're hoping that those cases will be few and far between. So to clarify, Paul, when will parents need to make the decision about which option their students are on for the second semester? Parents and students will start hearing about these options by the end of November, and we'll need a decision in early December so that we can have students set up in their courses and ready to go when school starts in January. So Dan, let me go back to the hybrid option for a moment. What's going to happen if a student is identified as having had COVID in a classroom will we come back? Yeah, so obviously I understand that that's a concern for parents, and it's a really obviously important issue for all of us. If there's any positive cases that come up in students, then the district will quickly respond, and we will have to shut down the class, the classes that that student is in, and then have a quarantine in place so that we have 14 days where those students are not unfortunately able to come back to school in person. We would clean and sanitize all of the relevant rooms so that they're ready to be used again. And then obviously the district assesses, are there any other possible situations of transmission and deal with it accordingly? And that's what school districts are going to be doing across the, the state. And they already are across the, in many places across the country. Thank you. So going back then to what our parents and our students at secondary schools have to look forward to is that we plan to open as soon as we're legally able to do so after the New Year's, sometime probably early or middle of the second semester. Students will be on campus twice a week. They'll be able to attend all their classes during those two days. They'll be doing distance learning on the other days and hopefully be reconnected to their school and classmates and learning environment by that limited amount of in-person instruction. That's a wrap on this episode. I want to thank all of our students, staff, and families who have been diligent in practicing those preventative measures such as hand washing and wearing masks. That will be a key to getting our county's case numbers where they need to be for all students to return to school. Please tune in for our next episode on December 17th. And until then, stay safe.